Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Prime Time. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, Trend Micro Incorporated, a global cybersecurity leader, recently revealed that 86% of global healthcare organizations that have been compromised by ransomware suffered operational outages. No surprises there, right? Now, according to the study, 57% of global HCOs admitted being compromised by ransomware over the past three years. Of these, 25% say they were forced to completely halt operations. Now, this is just one example of how ransomware has caused significant pain. This week, Senior Minister Teo Chihen also announced the setting up of an interagency task force here in Singapore to help businesses as well as research and educational institutions tackle this growing threat. The move is a step towards protecting Singapore's enterprises, some of which supply critical IT infrastructure operators that provide essential services. Now, this, of course, is timely. October is also Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and we'll continue this conversation about cybersecurity with the focus on a new approach to better protect against ransomware. As cyber criminals seek out loopholes in operational processes, what exactly can you do to prepare yourself for the next attack? We speak with Chua Chi Pin, Area VP of ASEAN, Hong Kong, Korea, Japan, in Taiwan at Comvault. They're a global leader in intelligent data management and protection. Hi, Chipin. Good evening, Brauti. Thanks for having me. So ransomware is a top-of-mind issue for so many organizations. However, reports say few feel totally prepared for an attack. Why are businesses still not prepared? I think it boils down to two things, Brauti. You know, exactly how you started this conversation, right? There are more and more cases that we're seeing every day. Government is getting involved. And, you know, the two key trends that we're seeing right now, first and foremost, data spro, right? So what do we mean by data spro? We are now seeing data in so many places, right? It could be on somebody's laptop. It could be in the data center. It's in the edge. It's in the cloud. It's somewhere in a service provider, right? So as an IT practitioner, the surface area that I need to cover is no longer just one or two. It, it's so, there's so many of them right now. And at times, you don't even know where they are, right? And as the value of data becomes increasingly important, increasingly more valuable, it obviously will attract um, bad actors to come in. So you, on the one hand, you have your data all over the place. On this, the other hand, you are seeing more people coming on board, going after the data. Now, these bad actors are not just well-funded, they're highly sophisticated. Mm. And on top of that, we are even seeing the novice, the people who are actually not technically advanced, so they don't really have that support to launch an attack. There is such things called ransomware as a service, which will actually help anyone to launch an attack against anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. So at the end of the day, you will have a case of too many places to defend, a lot more attackers coming to you, so despite how prepared you are, most organizations still feel that, hey, am I doing enough? Can I protect myself against a potential attack? Okay, so how does one go about sufficiently protecting oneself? So, I mean, there's a few ways of doing it, right? And it's not just a single method or a single product, single technology that will, protect, that will prevent ransomware from happening. Yeah. There's a couple of approaches that a company needs to take care of. Now, from the technical perspective, you need to make sure you have a multi-tier approach. You need to make sure that you understand where your data is. You need to have the right technology to protect them and to recover them. So that's just one part of it. At the same time, you need to ensure that 
your employees understand where what they need to do. What are the right things to do? They are all trained. They are all educated. You know, not to open any emails that comes from you know, sus- um, unsuspected um, source and things like that. Right? So both from a technology perspective, ensuring that you have the right plans, you have the right way to recover, and also ensuring that you train your staff not to easily open doors for you know, people to come in and get full access to your data. Now, the survey also found that more than half, 56% of organizations that have been attacked have at some point actually paid the ransom to regain access to their data applications or systems. This does not sound like the right thing to do. Yet, I've met leaders, IT leaders in companies who say they actually have a budget to pay off these attackers. Why is this happening? Is this something that they have been told is inevitable, so just deal with it? What are you going to do when you're in a crunch? Just pay up and get your data back. Even though there's no guarantee you'll get your data back. Yeah, you're absolutely right, right? There's no guarantee that even after you pay the ransom, you're going to get the data back. And the the statistic kind of backs that up. That In the U.S., data that we, we have seen, right? only about 20% of people who actually paid up get partially what they're looking for back from the, the ransomware people. Mm. Now, at the end of the day, there's no right or wrong answer to that. Right? I mean, when you said that some of them actually have budget to pay for such ransomware, it's down to two things. Because they are concerned that if in the event that I can't recover my data, how do I regain my business? Now, at the same time, there's also another reason because of the fact that if you do report a breach, you are attracting government fines, governance issues, and you know obviously reputational loss as well. And that's what happened. A lot of organizations, instead of you know trying to protect themselves or recover themselves, end up paying for such ransoms. I mean, we should actually be focusing on prevention. But I think at this point, we also have to talk about what then to do after you've been attacked. And maybe we can talk about prevention later. So... You've been attacked. You're desperate to get your data back. What do you do then, if not pay the ransom? In in the case when you have been attacked, like I said, there's two options, right? If you pay the ransom, you you take the risk of not being able to get things back, and at the same time, it doesn't mean that everything is over. Yeah. You so what should up. you do instead? So what you need to do is to prevent this from happening, right? <laughs> and and the way to approach that, like you mentioned earlier, is to ensure that you have the technology in place making sure that you have more than one copy of the data that's ready. In the event of um, the inevitable that you have to get attacked, mm. you are always ready to recover. But there's a lot of technology out there that can help with that. There's air gap technology that is a copy of your data that is outside of the network. So in the event that you do have a, other copies that have been taken hostage, you will always have another copy that helps you bring your business back online. Yeah, but in the meantime, the attackers are walking around with all your data and they can misuse it any way they want. <laughs> and, and that's the reason why you know, data protection is extremely important. You need to have... You have to make sure that you have right, the right tools in place to prevent that from happening in the first place. All right. So let's talk about prevention uh, because there is a new strategy, a new approach, the zero loss strategy. Tell us more about that. Sure. So zero loss strategy is basically based on zero trust principle. So yeah. it's been implemented through a multi-layered security framework. So zero trust doesn't mean that you don't trust anybody. But what it basically means is that you need to ensure that you verify and verify. So this principle will ensure that you minimize unlimited access to the network should someone come into um, the, your network and ensure that you are able to fight the ransomware attack. 
Now, let me give you an analogy in terms of what, let's relate back to our house, right? So we have a lot of, um, you know, precious um, stuff that we keep in our house. It could be, you know, cash, it could be jewelry, it could be whatever, right? So uh, for most of us, we do set up this perimeter defense. We have, we secure our doors, we put in CCTV and all that. Now, but at the end of the day, it's a home. You want to ensure that you invite people in at the right time. You have, you have relatives, you have partners. You want them to come in and be able to see some things that you have in your house. But at the same time, you're not going to give them a free reign to walk anywhere they want and pick up anything that they want. So what Zero Trust does is that if someone wants to access to a sensitive area where you do have very precious information or precious items that you have, you continuously ask that question. Okay, how long are you going to be here for? What are you looking for? When are you going to take this away? Mm. How long are you going to take this away for? So there's this, all this approach that you take. You basically keep asking questions until you know that you can trust the people that's taking the data away from you. Right, right. You know, some experts have brought up another related issue that ransomware is actually a very lucrative model for the attackers with little to no risk for the threat actors because they also often operate in countries that don't have an extradition treaty. So they operate with impunity. To what extent do you think better legal frameworks would actually help greatly as a deterrent? To, to a large extent, I'm sure, right? Yeah, um, but how do you put those in place so that they are truly effective deterrents? I think, you know, it, it takes not just within a country's government, right? Because when an event like this happens, because of how interlinked countries are these days, how organizations are interlinked between, you know, across the globe, between government, there is a need for them to establish certain guidelines how they actually work with each other, right? Extradition treaty and all that, like I said, um, it may not always be available, but I think the connectivities between, um, you know, within blocks such as ASEAN and all that, you know, between governments should be able to minimize that or at least, you know, within each country, put in very strong framework to ensure that things doesn't happen, you know, things are well monitored within the country. And then, bet- you know, between nations, um, they should be looking at ways to exchange information, um, to ensure that, you know, everybody is familiar with what, um, some of the common threats are and how that can be protected. Now, finally, Chipin, several surveys and studies have shown that companies in Singapore are more focused on recovery than they are on prevention. So you talked to us about prevention earlier. In a nutshell, tell us how simple or complex this process is, because I'm pretty sure that a lot of people have not embarked on it properly because they're quite intimidated by what it will all entail. So perhaps simplify it for us. I know it's a complex process, but what is step one to step four? You know, something to that effect. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's a complex series of things that anyone will have to do, right? But to put it in just a few steps, I think the key thing that we have to do right, is to identify where are the source of data that you have. What do you need to back up? What are the most critical ones? Right? And you've got to place them in the safest place that you have, making sure they have multiple copies of that. So the first thing is to identify. Second is to protect. When we say protect, it doesn't mean a single copy. You might need three. You might have to put them in two different places. And then you might want to have an air gap copy as well, which is not really connected to the network all the time. Now, once you do this too, you have to make sure that you monitor you make sure that you have the ability to actively see what's going on within your network. You could be adopting some AI technology. You, you could have a single pane of glass that monitor exactly what's going on within your entire network, no matter where the data sits. Once you have the ability to monitor, then you will have the ability to then respond 
right? But to respond, you need to make sure that you are able to test it. You know, we don't just do the first three, identify, protect, monitor, and think that you are going to respond. You need to make sure that you test it so that in the event that you do get hit, you're able to recover in the fastest possible way. Thanks very much for that, Chief In Chua Chief In Area VP of ASEAN, Hong Kong, Korea, Japan, and Taiwan at Commvault. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.